Hey everyone, welcome to Fight Talk. This is Steven Jensen. I'm here today once again with Mr. Paul Bratty, everyone's favorite wrestling guest. And Paul had an interesting idea, so today what we're going to do is give you some of our holiday memories, talk some holiday season professional wrestling today. And Paul, I'm going to hand it off to you, man. How are you doing today, and where do you want to start off with this thing? Man, how in the world are you doing, Steve? Yeah, I'm good. Man, you just came off that big old long break there. Steve just came off vacation. He's been uh, chilling out in some exclusive sunny beach island out there, uh, getting darker, getting tanner, and uh, catching up on some wrestling. So he's uh, he's all kinds of relaxed, man, gearing up for the holidays. Gearing up for the holidays. Had a great trip to the Dominican Republic, and I'm actually getting a 90-minute massage tomorrow night. So I'm feeling man, great. I don't. I must be paying you way too much money. Got special trips to the Dominican and, and massages and stuff like that. My gosh, this guy makes a lot more money than I do. So, for not, what it's evidently worth. not. I'm not going to the Dominican Republic. I can tell you that right now. I'm, I'm not headed to some exclusive beach. But hey, man, it's holiday time. Christmas is coming up, and uh, you know it's, we're just a few days away from Santa Claus uh, coming down the chimney and uh, bringing lots of toys. Do you have? Uh, uh, great holidays. When you were growing up, did you have uh, everybody come to your house, or was that a, uh, how was your Christmases when I was a little kid? So growing up, we celebrated Hanukkah as well as Christmas. Okay. I was raised Jewish. Uh, my mother was Jewish. She passed away when I was younger, and my father Christian, but not neither of them like overly religious. Right. I would say. But they wanted to include both growing up, so we so got, you like, got like tons of presents. Well, then. Hanukkah was more so; it's like it's eight eight nights, and it is supposed to be and like crazy one present. Nights, evidently, yeah, I mean it's pretty cool. But they uh, they do well. We would do one present a night for eight nights, and then Christmas was more so our grandparents giving us like a bunch of stuff. So, like, what Christmas. kind of what kind of presents are you getting on these eight nights? We're talking like a bike and like. And like cool stuff, or like I mean, is it are they small presents? No, they, they lead usually, up and get bigger and bigger each night, or that's how they like to do it. It would be something like I'll I'll date myself a little bit, but it'd be something like a like a VHS tape of like some movie that I like for like one of the nights. All right, and then it might so you progress. Get like Home Alone on VHS, yeah, something like that. And yeah. then like it might progress by the eighth night where I got like a Razor scooter or something. Yeah, you know what I mean. Um, the the biggest presents were always. Either the last night of Hanukkah, or we like to open our presents on Christmas Eve, yeah. and it was always whatever the new gaming system was. Was like you know I was always like Nintendo sixty four was like memorable. Yeah, the PlayStation two when it came out was like real memorable. The right. Sega Genesis was the first one I remember getting on Christmas. Like so, if there was like a new video game system out, or usually something that had to do with athletics, whether it was like I needed a new baseball glove like or like an expensive like one of those new expensive bats or something that came out it was usually something like that was like the big present something that had to do with video games or sports usually that was your big eighth night present something like that usually yeah the one the presents that cost a little bit more were usually like the, the kind of the grand finale i guess you'd say so then come christmas had they already boom gotten you the big present and now that you just got some rinky dink stuff or like what what happened how they handled that no well christmas was like i said they the Hanukkah was more so growing up, like my parents would kind of do that, and my grandparents were more so the Christmas, right. or a mixture of my grandparents and my parents. Um, so, anyways, that was always, I mean, it was always fun. I, now, did, did y'all, well, you're all uh, a house where you went and got a Christmas tree from a lot, or did y'all have the, uh, the, the artificial tree gimmick where you have to 
decorate it all and stuff like that and stick all those little metal pipes and stuff into the little slots and get it all set up yeah well nowadays my dad and my stepmom are really into the the tree like they do the whole the whole deal with like like, a real tree theirs is fake i believe but it's good looking it's like a 10 foot kind of deal yeah um growing up not so much my mom was very much about us celebrating our judaism like she was very much about that and we did little christmas things like we'd have like christmas lights inside the house stuff like that but it was more so about the menorah which is what you use during hanukkah on the eight nights yeah you light a candle each night on the menorah so we're, we hitting always a, had... we're hitting a broad audience yeah. we're, we're covering lots of faiths on this uh, my next door neighbor celebrated kwanzaa so i got a little bit of experience Man. with that yeah, i know I mean, nothing about kwanzaa honestly most of the people that celebrate kwanzaa don't know much about it either okay. I, I mean it's one of those things just kind of to just kind of recognize where you come from sure. and just it's i mean it's, it's very much like christmas you know opening presents being with your friends and family um just more so for the african-american community so um, but, you know, we always had well, friends that celebrated that, too. So. so we had, we would always have to go out and um, cut down a Christmas tree. We didn't get them from a lot or anything like that. We'd go out, we had a big farm, and we'd go out we'd cut down a Christmas tree. And you'd bring that thing back in the house, you know, and it was sometimes misshapen, so you had to turn it around and get, like, maybe there's a hole in there with a gap in there, you had to get it turned right where... It, it all looks presentable, and you had to fluff out the uh, the different limbs and stuff. So, I grew up with the uh, the real Christmas tree in the house. So, that's that's how we grew up. We had uh, always had some. Of, I'm older than you, right? So I had some all those 1970s and 80s decorations. So the the big dangerous uh, bulbs that catch on fire and burn your house down. I had those all over this this dry tree in my living room. that's shedding needles left and right and you know just super big fire hazard inside of a living room that had a fireplace going all the time so it's just how our house stood i have no idea you know you got these dangerous light bulbs on this tree so you know we always had we always watering the tree and make sure it was all good to go but you know we had a a a very i guess country christmas you know if you couldn't tell by his voice a very country a very country christmas right um we grew up you know on a farm like i said already but we had a um you know, a, a nice Christmas. It was, uh, I was lucky, so I was like the baby of the family, so I got a lot of stuff. So, one of my favorite holiday memories was, you know, we had, um, in the 80s, I'd gotten a, uh, some wrestling figures. Some of the old, big rubber wrestling figures. Nice. You know, had Hulk Hogan, Jake the Snake, Don Morocco, um, uh, Ricky, uh, the Dragon Steamboat, uh, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. When he was with Greg the Hammer Valentine as a tag team. Oh yeah, look at that. How about that one? When's the last time you thought about them as a tag team? Never. I'm going. It's I'm been going. A while. I'm going old school on you here. Andre the Giant, Coco Beware. So there's a Roddy Piper in there somewhere. Oh, Rowdy Roddy Piper, right? Harley Davidson, Bruno San Martino. Harley Davidson, Harley Race. Harley Race. Harley Race. Not Harley Davidson. I had a sweet Harley. motorcycle came to the ring. <laughs> Like a little Undertaker gimmick yeah. back in the day. Yeah. Uh, Harley Race. Uh, I had all these different figures. And, um, of course, unwrapping them, every one of them you're excited about. Uh, came with like a little poster and stuff like that. Um, but then my stepdad had built me a wrestling ring. Yeah, he's told me about this. I want everyone to hear this. This is cool. He built me a wrestling ring. So he took, like, 
some sort of uh, vinyl uh, covering that you might put down over like a, maybe, gosh, it almost seemed like something you would cover up maybe like a seat with or something like that. Uh, like an old school seat, like a vinyl covering for a seat uh, that you'd have in, like, in your kitchen or something. And so it was, it was green and it had a little bit of a sparkle to it. Not like in a feminine way, but just a little bit of a shine to it, right? And um, and so he, he'd taken, it was pretty big. It was a pretty big uh, ring, uh, big enough to fit these large figures into. And so he built that probably out of like, you know, if, we're, if you're looking at it, probably out of like one by threes. If we're just going to keep up with some, if you're not looking to build one, probably build it out of one by threes. And I'd guess it was probably at least 12 to 14 inches uh, per side. Um, so if you're trying to replicate that, uh, it looked like some sort of like fiberglass kind of material, like smooth, covered up. Like you, you go, go buy a 1970s chair for a kitchen somewhere and it's probably the same material. It was, it was plasticky feeling. And he covered the entire ring out of that. He took some dowels, uh, dowel rods, and he made those out of the ring post. And then he took some sort of a screw hook mechanism that he had, and he took uh, bungee straps and hooked in for the corners that rope all the way around there. And he'd burn it to where it was tied up, it was tight, and he burned it to where it stuck together so the knots stayed together. So it was smooth. It wasn't like a bow tie or something like that. It looked like an actual ring. It joined together at one of the ring posts. And then he took that ring post and he covered it up with some more of that material. And uh, I thought that was the most amazing thing in the world. It was because WWF at the time sold a ring. It was plastic and it was so small compared to these giant figures. But now I finally had a ring that was like big enough to actually fit these wrestling figures. So when you stood one up in it, the top rope actually came up to their back area. Uh, versus the, the one WWF sold, the top rope came up to like their calf. Back of their knee, right? Right, like, right. right. So it was so small, it didn't even make sense. But this ring was actually, I could really play with these figures for real. And uh, obviously my stepdad put a lot of time into this. Uh, and so it was an awesome present for me. It was one of my biggest, I played with that thing. I made so many matches and booked so many fantasy matches between all these guys. And I would take, you know, uh, if we'd have, because back then Jerry Lawler was really big in Memphis. I watched a lot of Memphis wrestling. So one of his gimmicks was to take fire and throw it in somebody's face. Right. That was Lawler's gimmick back in the day. So I was obsessed with this. Shouldn't have ever had this, but for some reason it's the 80s, right? So I've got a lighter. So I would take my lighter and I'd flick it. And they, you know, I'd have my hand wrestling somebody and they'd flick that and a little flame would shoot up and they'd, oh, you know, that's how they win the match. Well, sometimes the wrestler would catch on fire. So I'm pretty sure, like, I ruined um, Nikolai Volkov uh, and possibly the Iron Sheik's faces all together by sticking that flame at their face a little bit too long. You were uh, really not a fan of the uh, the foreign heels at the time. I was not. I was not. <laughs> And of course, you know, I'd have to have, uh, you know, somebody would get hurt. And so I would tape their leg up with like a paper towel. I'd take some clear tape and tape it so they'd have a cast on their leg. Or they'd pull the cowboy Bob Orton where they had the, the three-year cast on their arm. Right. And they'd work that, you know, for a little bit. And they were injured and stuff like that. But that was probably one of my biggest, you know, wrestling presents I ever got. Yeah, man. I remember we were talking uh, the other day about a little bit of this. And... I had a similar experience where my dad helped me make a ring. I had smaller action figures, more so the size of maybe like, you know, a few inches in, in length, but 
we had a ring made out of Lincoln logs. It didn't have like the the elastic ropes. It was like, but it was something to use, and it was the same yeah. kind of thing. The rings that the, the company always sold were always so they're always small so comparison small. to the figures. Yeah. So, yeah, man. Uh, nowadays, I still get a lot of wrestling out of my presence because now. My grandparents give my parents like some money, like because they don't really know what to get us anymore, and they want to get us something for Christmas, but right. want to make sure something we're gonna like. So they pretty much just give my my dad and my stepmom cash and say, whatever the boys need, you know, use this. And I use that towards WrestleMania tickets. So oh, man. there you go. Now it's I went to WrestleMania 27 in Atlanta with that. I uh, went to WrestleMania 30 in New Orleans, and this year I plan on going to WrestleMania 33 in Orlando. So. Uh, still using the holiday money towards wrestling, even at this age, man. Well, I'm telling you, one of the best presents you can get a kid is uh, like a little wrestling figure. You know, because I think, I think that's just solid. Well, and I'm glad you brought that up, Paul, because I'm going to give away a couple figures right now. Are you right now? Right now. So, what? <laughs> this week's contest, like a little Christmas present. A little Christmas present. I'm going to give away two sets of figures this week. All right. The same person can't win both, but I'm giving away a total of four figures. They're going to come in two pairs of two. I'm going to give them away this week, so two winners. Same thing we've been doing on Facebook. All you got to do is like the post. It's going to be posted in my Facebook wall as well as the various wrestling groups that I'm a part of on Facebook. All you got to do is go on and like the the post that I put up today or tomorrow whenever this uh, this is released. One person's going to win a pair of Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior vinyl figures. So that's oh, a WrestleMania man. matchup right there. Man, you get the two of them. And the other one, we got Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, WrestleMania three. Oh, man. So someone's going to win a pair of... Ever. There you go. Somebody's going to win a pair of Hulk Hogan and Ultimate Warrior. Somebody's going to win a pair of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. So two winners this week. I'm going to do a little holiday thing. And I will announce the winners for that contest sometime next week. I'll probably do a podcast like midweek next week, and I will, I will announce the winners for that. And the people who have won so far, uh, Adam Seymour and Walter Strickland, have both received their winnings from the past couple contests. And Adam sent me a picture actually today of his figures in front of his Christmas tree. So really awesome. cool to see that. He had SmackDown running in the background. Oh, so yeah. yeah. Uh, some big fans and once again anybody who participates in these contests as well as listens to this podcast thank you very much uh, thank you very much for supporting the fight talk podcast i've got more things coming for you soon I've got some t-shirts and koozies coming as well i uh, just wanted to make sure i didn't forget to announce that that's going to be the contest this week and it reminded me because we were talking about toys in front of the tree yeah that's huge uh you're mispronouncing his name though it's hulk hogan hulk hogan hulk hogan it's one word hulk hogan hulk hogan that's right <laughs> No, that's I mean that's that's huge. I was just talking about toys. I was in um, Target the other day. Uh, shameless plug for Target, but I saw where they had an old. Uh, well, it's not old, but I mean the ring is old. Uh, it's a brand new in the box figure of Dusty Rhodes was the action figure, and it came in a wrestling ring of a WCW wrestling ring. Really, like the blue ring? Was it a blue wrestling ring? Yeah, it was whatever the yeah. WCW yeah. ring is. And so you could go, it was a Target exclusive, you could get Dusty Rhodes figure when he was not in some, like, polka dot gimmick. Right. It was an actual, like, you know, when he was a little bit younger, working work WCW. And uh, and I was like, oh, I've got to get that. And for some reason I didn't. I don't know why I didn't. But I was looking at it, and even 
proportion, just looking at the picture they had of Dusty in the ring, still it comes up to like his, like the top rope comes up to like his thighs. Right, like they don't make it proportional. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't <laughs> understand it. Either make the figure smaller or make the ring bigger. But why you would not have the ring proportional, it makes no sense to me. Well, and all the toys that I ever see on like, most of the time, I'm not really that aware of like the stuff coming out. Aside from those mini mystery mini vinyl figures that I'm giving away, I have 20 of them on my desk at work. Um, got a ton of those. I love you need to take things. a picture of that, and put it on Twitter. Yeah, if anyone wants, anyone wants to see, I I got a lot. It's an impressive collection, and I still got more to go. It's just yeah, running out of room on the desk. I got you. I got to make a look. I'm doing something over there during right. the day. Hey, so <laughs> so I. Uh, I saw usually usually when I see that something new is out, it's like I'm at a live show and in between matches they'll show like commercials for stuff. Right. And now it looks just like that, but they've incorporated like really weird shit where it's like the ring will like launch you in the air and oh, stuff. Yeah. And it's like who yeah. this has nothing to do with pro like why would anybody buy the figures to well, just catapult them like, out of the ring? And there's some some stuff I don't understand. Like they had a hell in a cell ring. And so at that point, I'm like, how the hell are you even playing with this? The thing is, it's a box. You've put your figures in a box, and you're just staring at them at this point. You have no access to get to the figures. It's a hell in a cell ring. Yeah. You've literally locked yourself out of being able to play with your own figures. And there's people buying it, I guarantee you. Oh, I know there are. I know there are. Did you, did you ever have thumb wrestlers? I know what they are, but no, that was never real. real I've big. got some thumb wrestlers at my house. Really, some old school thumb wrestlers that I used to have as a kid. I got to see these things. Oh yeah, I've got a, uh, I've got an, uh, a Hulk, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Uh, I've got a Hillbilly Jim. Oh jeez. And an Iron Sheik. Wow. So they made a, a Rowdy Roddy Piper, a Big John Stud. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's like another good guy. There may have been like a Andre or something like that. Uh, Nikolai Volkov, they had one of his. Um, what was Hillbilly Jim's like gimmick relation to Hulk Hogan? He was like his cousin or something like that. No, they were just friends. Oh, they were just they friends. were just friends. Okay, they weren't related. So that was the Hillbilly Jim Hogan angle was really early on in Hogan's career before he. It was right about that time with the Iron Sheik and all of that. And so pretty much after Hogan really stepped up, it was really right before he really got anything big. Uh, Hillbilly Jim was back to wrestling midgets. Okay, so, gotcha. I remember uh, he uh, in WCW, his nephew Horace Hogan was a part of the show, and oh he my. was he was not uh, he didn't quite live up to that. I loved name. Hillbilly Jim. That, he was obviously with my accent, you can tell. Like Hillbilly Jim was, was people. He was my rock. He was yeah. my Stone Cold. I was gonna assume. I, I was gonna assume. You know. It, you being a big Dusty Rhodes fan has a lot to do with that. He's like he's like the the working man's guy, you know. Right, right. Um, yeah, Hillbilly Jim. Who? Oh, what, what was the of uh, uh, the tag team that came out with the slot buckets? One of them became Midian later on. I was making for riveting podcast material, though. Right yeah, there. no, but what was the name of that? It was a. I can edit this, but it, it was a. What the hell was the tag team? Like the Goodwins? Yeah, 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 the Godwins. Godwins. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Henry and Phineas Godwin or something like that. Yeah, Yeah, they seemed like super bad country. Well, during uh, one of the WrestleManias, it was Hillbilly Jim, and there was some sort of like group of midgets wrestled King Kong Bundy. Yeah, his, <laughs> right. Yeah. His little group. And uh, that was the weirdest match. That's still one of the weirdest matches. Now, when you were growing up, did you go to a lot of like local matches? No, never. My... 
as as much as I love my my parents, and I really do, they did not support me being a fan of professional wrestling growing up. I didn't start going to shows until I was much older. So in my town, a little town uh, west of Nashville, uh, a little town called Dixon, Tennessee, um, they had a National Guard armory. And so usually about once a month, maybe, maybe every other month, there'd be a wrestling match out there. So we would all go out to it. I thought it was a bigger deal. Now that I look back at it as a child, that's a pretty huge deal. Right. Um, and I got to see some. I wish I could go back and watch it now, those exact matches. Or I wish I could find like some of the posters and stuff um, because I'm sure I saw somebody famous and didn't have a clue. But to me, the only famous person that was ever going to come to town was Jerry Lawler. Right. So when Jerry Lawler came to town, you had to come and see him. Now, he might have been wrestling, you know, Macho Man Randy Savage, and I'd never known it. He might have been wrestling Stone Cold Steve Austin or The Undertaker or whoever was coming through Memphis at the time, and I would have never even known it because all I cared about was Jay Lawler. I was a kid, right? Sure. And we didn't know they were going to be who they were going to be. Right. Uh, but that was huge. We used to go wrestling all the time. And we're talking about maybe 100 people, 200 people max in this crowd, crowd crammed into this little place. And, uh, you know, yell for him. There's a local guy named Bill Dundee. Oh, I know Bill Dundee. Okay. Sure. Yeah, Bill yeah. Dundee. Uh, I'm very familiar with his son, Jamie. Real, real great performer. Is he? He was awful. Oh, dude. was he bad? His son was bad. Oh. He was part of PG-13, that tag team. That, oh, yeah. You know, like, the, like, yeah, white rappers. Yeah, that was really bad. Yeah, and he, like, I'm pretty sure he's, like, gotten in a lot of... I don't want to speak out of school, but, like, it's it's a known fact that he had... He's got a lot of problems with Jamie Dundee. I don't yeah. think he's... Well, his dad's a great wrestler. His I don't dad, know anything about Jamie Dundee, but I know his dad's a, a hell of a wrestler. And him and Jerry Lawler used to have some amazing matches down in Memphis that I used to watch. Um, and, we, of course, you had um, Zeb Coulter would come to town. Dutch Mantell. The yeah, dirty, dirty Dutch dirty. Mantell. He would come to town. He'd have a big old chaw tobacco, and he'd be spitting right there on the floor. You know, and I thought, my God, that man is mean. He would hurt somebody. You know, and he would come to the ring, and he'd always cheating. And doing all kinds of stuff like that, and the the biggest manager healed was Tojo Yamamoto. Yeah, and sure. uh, so he was, you know, he had his kendo stick, and he'd you know get them and stuff like that. And uh, a little video man, but he was some really good talent came through that we used to watch as a kid growing up, and that just fueled it. You know, that made me love wrestling and more be able to see it live in my own town, uh, which I think we miss a lot of now. I'm not trying to get way too serious, but on the holiday special. But I think we missed some of that, that, you know, you don't have that local connection to it as much um, where you're you're able to go see somebody who's a pretty big deal. You know, I'm able to, I was able to, on Saturday mornings, watch Jerry Lawler on TV. And then I'm able to see him Saturday night in my own hometown. And I was like, wow, I just saw you on TV. And that was huge as a kid. And so that's missing now, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, there's some companies that, that you know first thing that comes to mind is freedom pro wrestling that comes to the fairgrounds but that's only three months a year that's just three months over the over the summer i spoke to their champion cj o'doyle on this podcast uh, pretty recently as well i love those shows because it's the same kind of thing it's like a few hundred people and you do get some of the bigger names like you got like jeff jarrett yeah. uh, this summer uh rockstar spud from tna james storm from tna uh, Eric Young, who's now in NXT. Uh, there was a lot of top guys, and then there was also a lot of guys you've never heard of. Yeah. But guys that, like, now I'm a fan of, that every now and then, now I see them popping up here and there on, like, NXT or maybe in TNA or 
Global Force Wrestling or something like that. Right. But I wish there was more of it. If there was, if there was a local show every Saturday night, that's what I would be doing every Saturday night. I love local, just live, oh, yeah. small shows. Yeah. My favorite shows to go to are NXT shows because they still feel small. Like we, they do the uh, War Memorial Auditorium when they come here, which yeah. is not a whole lot of seats. Right. It's way more fun to me than being in an arena with well, twenty thousand. There's people. something cool about the fact that you can sit so close to a ring, yes, and be able to see and hear. All the action going on, you know, it's a lot. You know, that's that's something that, you know, and I think it's pretty impressive that Bruno sold out Madison Square Garden, and they had so many entertaining matches, and they conveyed such a storyline to those audiences with such a big crowd. Um, but in a small setting, you've got really that. That's when you buy in. When that guy looks at you in the ring and tells you shut up, and he's talking to the woman sitting beside of you. You know, and she's screaming her her lungs out. Oh, you know, you're horrible. Go home and all this stuff like that. That's real. As a kid, I really bought into that. I'm like, my God, this guy's screaming at this woman over here. She's screaming at him, and I think they might fight. And this guy's going to hurt somebody. And now he's in the ring. He's going to hurt that guy. There's so much that closeness, that, that that believability. But you know, as a kid, back to the whole thing, huge. That that bought me into it a lot. Um, of course, WWE's in town tonight. Um, they've got a they've got a, a house show they're doing. No, it. that's the twenty eighth. It's tonight, not the twenty eighth. No, I'm going to the one on the twenty eighth. Oh, I don't even know what day of the week. I'd it be is. there right now. If I can't even. I couldn't even tell you if it's if it's Christmas or not. But no, I, I do. I think that some of that's lost for not having that people coming around the small town. But thumb wrestlers were a big deal for me. The blood with the thumb wrestlers didn't really know what to do with them after you kind of wrestled around a little bit. And it's kind of like, all right, now what? Because you couldn't put them in the ring because then you end up with these E2B wrestlers in a giant ring. Right. Um, and then my son, so I've got, I've got two, two boys. And uh, so the youngest one likes the wrestling figures just to kind of, he, he's kind of figuring it out a little bit. But his older brother, when he was a kid, he played with them a lot. And, uh, and he would do some different little storylines and stuff like that with them. But he never... He never bought into it like I did. I'd spend a lot of time doing it. And, and, oh, know, me too. I know. I know how it is. You know, of course, sure. now they got video games. Everybody's everybody's creating storylines for the video games. Well, and all the video games do what I wanted when I was a kid. I was always like, man, if this could like update rosters and I could like download people off the internet, and blah, right? Blah, blah. Like now you can do all that. Yeah, I didn't have the internet when I was a kid. Right. Yeah, that didn't exist. So the closest wrestling I had was there was a uh, Nintendo wrestling. Yeah, and there was some weird dude who would like bite at your head. He'd be like, he'd be like this like chipmunk looking little like chomp 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 chomp. Like he would bite at your head. It was real weird. It was a real weird, but the, like pro wrestling was what it was called Nintendo Pro Wrestling. Oh, this was before it was even like the licensed WWF. It was just, it was, just, it was just straight up pro wrestling. Right. right. It was gotcha. just generic pro wrestling. It's so, like one of the bad guys' moves was to take your head and to chomp at it. Chomp 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 chomp. Chomp, 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 chomp. Hell of a gimmick right there. Yeah, that was it. He'd use his two teeth and just chomp at you. And uh, But, man, I love it because I was like, oh, my God, I'm playing as a wrestler. Right? right? And uh, that was – that was then, of course, then WWF got theirs out there. And it didn't look much different. I mean, it had the right. WWF ring on there and then, like, a few fuzzy kind of versions of – Hulk Hogan, super 8-bit entrance music in the background. Yeah, ding, 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 
I don't I remember that sticking out for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why. That must have scarred you or something. Yeah, probably because you Doink know Doink probably scared uh, scarred a lot of kids. Well, he was a scary a scary clown at first. I mean, right. he wasn't like like the happy. You know, he was like a, from it. Yes, which is, King's it. which is terrifying. Yeah. It, but so, I mean, him and uh, like the Undertaker, like the, like the old version of Undertaker when I was younger, and like, yes. like kids my age would legitimately like hide behind their parents when this guy came out. Like, right. And that's definitely missing from pro wrestling. Like the closest thing they have to something like that is maybe like Bray Wyatt. Like maybe he's scared. But they of embrace kids. him though. Yeah. They really do. That's you know that's you. What a great point. As a kid, I cheered for my favorite wrestlers, and I was scared to death because I either thought they were either scary or they were really mean, and they were a bad guy. I'll never forget, man. Did you have? I don't want to cut you off. No, that means I'm just. Yeah, you're it. bringing up a good memory here. So when I was younger, we're talking about talking about. Membering, I remember. Remember, remember. You remember? Well, I don't know if you watched South Park this past season. It was all about I remember member berries. No. Anyways. So anyway, we're here membering things. And when I was younger, I was in the Atlanta airport, and this was at the peak of the NWO. Like, like Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Hulk Hogan. It could never have been hotter. There was still only maybe three, four, five members in the, in the NWO at this point. It was, like, fresh. It was new. Right. And I ran into Kevin Nash at the Atlanta airport with my family. And I pointed up at him with my dad. And I was like, Dad, that's Kevin Nash from WCW. And my dad's, like, my dad's six foot six. He's a big dude. And he walks up next to Kevin Nash. And Kevin Nash is, like, right around seven feet tall. I'd never seen somebody bigger than my dad before. Yeah, Kevin like Nash significantly huge. Than oh my yeah, dad. my dad's not like a fat dude. He's just he's just a right. bigger guy. Right, and man, I'd never seen something like that. And I was like warning my dad, like, hey, like this isn't like he's he's not a good guy. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I don't know if we want to ask for his autograph. Right. And we went up, and he gave me an autograph on like a receipt paper. You know, just something he had by. We didn't have right. camera phones or anything like that. Right. So. Uh, we meet Kevin Nash, and I and I remember watching WCW Nitro that next week, and being afraid that Kevin Nash was going to call out like the torpy little dork at the airport that he well, signed autographs for. Out. I thought he was going to be like into that kid at the Atlanta <laughs> airport and his stupid family. You know what I mean? I was just like waiting for. He's going to cut a promo on you. Yeah, and yeah. and this is the thing. From the second I started watching professional wrestling, I knew it was staged. My dad made that very clear to me when I started liking this. He like pretty much ruined it for me right off the bat. Right. But it was the entertainment aspect I was always drawn to. It wasn't the fact that it was real or it wasn't real. And then I found the UFC later on, and I got plenty of my, my realistic fix from that. But that's how much, how convincing it yeah. used to be was, yeah. even though I knew it was a scripted show, even at that age, right. I still wasn't sure if Kevin Nash was this fucking dickhead that I knew yeah. from TV. You know what I mean? Well, I, I think, like, even as a kid, you know, there was a part of me that was kind of like, all right, I've heard the rumors of wrestling's fake, you know, and gosh, but when I watch it, it sure looks real, and then you go to a match, and it's like, oh, gosh, that person's bleeding, and, like, how you can't fake bleeding. You can't fake blood, right. you know? That's not fake blood. That guy's really bleeding, you know? I don't see any ketchup packets anywhere. No, that, that's definitely not ketchup. That guy's no. bleeding from his face. Right. You know, and I didn't know any of the tricks and stuff like that. But, you know, now you, you, all the stuff is out there. All the stuff's out, you know. But I still think kids aren't told everything. Even if they are told it's fake, they're not told all the details. Right. Right? No adult's going to take the time to go, okay, listen, here's how you here's how you bleed. 
Here's how you take this move. Here's how you do that. They're not going to take the time to do that to a kid. Always work the left side. Right, right. <laughs> so, like, a kid is going to believe, even if they hear it's fake, they're going to believe probably some of that stuff that takes place. You know, but I don't. I think you're right. There's not anybody. I don't think there's anybody out there right now I'd be scared of as a kid. Like I, I mean, said, I mean, the Undertaker, I'd still be pretty damn scared. Yeah, of. he's still an intimidating guy. Kane's like, like a joke. But kind I mean, of but now. none of them. Who's on the main rosters of any of these that that you'd be scared of? <sighs> on a consistent basis, they're on there every time. Braun, maybe. Braun, Braun's pretty scary. But but in more of a. That man's intimidating. He's physically right. intimidating. Right, into a small child that would just be, he's a large man. That would be really I scary. Think, I think the Wyatt family would scare me as a kid if they were, you know, depending on their booking. But, yeah. like, what they're doing right now, like, it's more so you want to cheer them because, like, they're right. badass. Like, right. Yeah, they're booked more as badasses than they are scary. People. I liked when they came in and they were, like, this, like, creepy cult. Right. Like, when they came in and it was, like, like what's going on back here? Yeah, they got a in a sheep mask right. like chopping shit up and like right. this uh, you know Sister Luke Harper Abigail looks like he hasn't showered in a few years yeah. and like what the hell's going on with him and yeah I liked when Luke Harper looked like he hadn't showered in a few years dude well let's talk about him for a minute they're, they seem to be pushing him a little bit finally pushing him pretty strong they, they? they should be we I'm can't, okay listen, with him being front we, can, we, gotta keep it, we gotta keep it to the holidays cause you know we'll start talking about everything and then that's true shout out to Luke Harper shout out to Luke Harper though and don't don't bathe yourself keep it dirty Luke Dirty. Dirty Luke. <laughs> well, I I just want to get on here. I know we had I've, I've got to get going and I know you gotta get some stuff done too, but I ain't got nothing um, man, ever. I just do this. You gotta get back to work. So um, so we uh we've got we've got plenty of stuff to do. Uh we got listen, we got a long work week ahead of us, so we still got plenty of work to do. We this is the ball side coming out, Did you hear that? Uh <laughs> He's going to cut that from the damn podcast. So no, I'm going to leave that in there so uh, everyone can hear this. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to Paul be an ass. Captain Blood over here. <laughs> Nothing but numbers from this guy. That's right. That's right. Um, <laughs> holidays are here. Um, obviously, I've got some great wrestling memories from the holidays. Um, we didn't even get into all Vince McMahon's horrible WWE holiday Bad Santa. Skits. Well, I was gonna say I'll I'll just wrap it all up by saying somebody dresses up as Santa and either gets their ass kicked or eats a few stunners. Right. So That's, it's either Mick Foley coming out and giving people a bunch of presents, and it's like obviously Mick Foley because nobody else walks like that, or it's Stone Cold Steve Austin because you're gonna start seeing some Stone Cold stunners, or Santa Claus is more so like a James Ellsworth type character who just gets destroyed by Rusev or something. Yeah. Well, so, we didn't see because the holiday ones are over with. Christmas is this weekend, so yeah, it's done. Yeah, and I miss Tribute to the Troops, so i got to go back and watch that. I was in, in the Dominican. Yeah, I don't think there was really too much. I mean, they said a few things about Mick Foley and Santa Claus. They came out and defended them a little bit. Yeah. but Mick Foley wants to be Santa Claus so bad. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird. All right, we're rambling now. So, hey, listen, hopefully if, if, if you're looking for uh, to bring the joy back to a child, introduce them to wrestling. If you're looking to bring joy back into your life, Subscribe to this podcast. I like it. Yeah? I like it. All right. All right, Paul, you got anything else to add? I'm going to plug my stuff again real quick. I want everybody to have a very Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever the hell you celebrate. Make it a damn good one. Have a Happy New Year. Be safe. Don't do any fucking thing fucking stupid. Don't drink and drive. Uber's out there. Lyft's out there. There's too many damn places to get your ride home safe. Be careful. Have fun. Celebrate with the family. Don't be a dick. 
drink your gin and tonica and smoke your marijuana. That's Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler Hanukkah song. There you go. For all the little Jewish kids out there. All right, one last thing. So, once again, I'm going to put the links out there on all my social media, but on Facebook, you have a chance to win a pair of Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant, as well as Hulk Hogan and the Ultimate Warrior mystery mini vinyl figures this week. Uh, Side note, I am in the process of trying to get Twitter to change my handle. If you could, blow Twitter up, hit at Twitter and at verified, uh, or verified account, something like that, because what I'm looking to do is get my handle changed over to my name, but it's taken and completely inactive. And same with the, the handle fight talk. So the panels I'm trying to get are taken, but have very little usage or ever been used. So I'm in the process of trying to get Twitter to help me out a little bit there. So that all being said, tell Twitter I need to get my handle changed. But for now, in the time being, you can follow me on Twitter at now underscore world underscore order. That is at N-O-W underscore W-O-R-L-D underscore O-R-D-E-R. Please subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Podomatic. Please rate and comment on the podcast as well. It goes a long way. It helps out a lot. It really does. Uh, Paul, thanks again for coming on, man. And I will talk to you all soon. Happy holidays if you don't hear from me beforehand. And I will announce a winner for the holiday contest next week.